Electronic Specifier. Hello and welcome back to Electronic Specifier Insights. And today I'm joined by Klaus, who is the chair of the board at the Trusted Connectivity Alliance. So hi, Klaus. Thanks very much for joining us. And how are you doing today? Hi, Paige. Actually, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And also thank you for having me today. Oh, you're very welcome. So perhaps we could start, please, with just a short introduction of yourself and your background. Sure, of course. Uh, well, as I said, <laughs> you mentioned my name already. I'm Klaus Dietze and I'm speaking here today on behalf of the Trusted Connectivity Alliance. I'm the chair of the board, as you mentioned. And I'm also working uh, for a company which is called Gizike and Devriant in my, let's say, real-time, full-time job. And I'm senior director of strategic standardization over there. And I'm actually responsible to deal with all the relevant standardization activities uh, of the company GND. And uh, I'm representing GND in various industry associations, uh, such as uh, the TCA, for example. And I have a long history and experience in security technologies. I'm dealing with SIM, eSIM, and all these kinds of technologies since uh, more than 20 years. And actually, I'm happy to talk about uh, the eSIM today. Excellent. Fantastic. So before we get onto the eSIM in more detail, can you tell us a little bit more about the Trusted Connectivity Alliance? Yes, sure. The Trusted Connectivity Alliance, or as we say, the TCA is an association that actually exists for almost 25 years already. It may be known as uh, the SIM Alliance. It was called until this. It was called like this until 2020. And we have changed the name because of the ongoing evolution and transformation in the SIM ecosystem, right? And we also wanted to widen the scope and to address and attract new types of members that are playing a more and more significant role in our ecosystem. And the TCA, its ambition is to enable trust in a connected future and to drive the sustained growth of connected society through what the name says already, through trusted connectivity. And we are using trusted connectivity to protect the assets that are involved in the communication. We are also protecting end user privacy and of course then also uh, the cellular networks uh, themselves. The members of the Trusted Connectivity Alliance are all leaders within what we call the global tamper-resistant element ecosystem. It's a little bit the bumpy term, tamper-resistant element, but it's the overarching term or description for smart card, SIM card, Q-element, or all these kinds of security technologies that consist of a secure hardware with a secure software on top of that. And TCA is uh, working in in that uh, since a long time, and we are organizing our work in uh, working groups. And in those working groups, our members are actually uh, collectively working to provide evolutions, uh, insights uh, for the industry. We are uh, providing deliverables, for instance, um, of a marketing nature or uh, also technical specifications and also educational material. And the focus areas uh, of the TCA are uh, interoperability in the first place, right? ESIM, of course, and also 5G is a a key area for us to to look into. And we have also recently established a working group. This is becoming more and more important. And also our industry is eager to become greener and to provide uh, solutions around sustainability as well. If you want to check out more, by the way, please uh, feel free to check out our website, trustedconnectivityalliance.org. Excellent. Perfect. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Now, as you mentioned, we're going to be talking about eSIMs and the eSIM industry. 
the developments and, and what challenges and opportunities there are. So to get us started, could you first explain what an eSIM is and, and how it differs from, you know, a, a normal SIM? So the eSIM actually was introduced in 2012 already. So that's more than 10 years ago, originated in the automotive sector. And the reason for that is that the concept of the connected car came to life actually then. And with this, it also introduced a couple of new requirements that SIM cards could not really sufficiently cope with at this point in time. I mean, you all have potentially the picture of SIM card in your head with the golden contact area, sliding that into the card reader of the device. And the contact area of the SIM is then, of course, exposed to a lot of friction with the context of this card reader. And if you then imagine that the car is driving over bumpy roads, it's exposed to this friction quite permanently and over a long period of time, and that could lead to mechanical destruction of the SIM card itself. This was one of the reasons. Another reason for changing something on the form factor was that, I mean, if the car owner is owning also the mobile subscription and wants to change from one operator to another one, it's very difficult to get physical access to the car, to get physical access maybe to the part of the car that is holding the SIM card and to exchange the SIM card manually. So therefore, what was done is we have introduced a new form factor that can be soldered onto the PCB of the devices that are responsible for the communication within the car. So for instance, a board unit or roll unit or something. So that um, a SIM card is now actually permanently embedded in, into the car. It's uh, therefore called embedded SIM or eSIM, by the way. And the drawback or the consequence of that is that if you want to change now your MNO, you cannot simply take out this uh, component and exchange it by another one because you would destroy the PCB, right? And therefore, the idea was to split the SIM as it uh, was until then into uh, uh, the hardware and the operating system part, and to logically separate the actual MNO subscription that we are also calling the profile. And the profile is a set of data that is including the subscriber identity, so sensitive material, privacy-relevant material, and that is also including all the key material that is needed to do the authentication of the subscribers to the networks. And with this separation, it was then possible to manage the profile remotely. So uh, what we have done is uh, we have uh, created a complete set of specifications called remote subscription provisioning, remote uh, profile management or whatsoever, right? Uh, those terms are also existing in order to remotely manage the profiles and MNO changes on the devices. So the eSIM is, just, is by far more than just this embedded uh, SIM chip that is residing within the device, but it's a whole architecture and a whole system that is used and that allows now to do the whole lifecycle management of an eSIM. Fantastic. So following on from that then, what would you say are the main advantages of using an eSIM? Well, the main advantages are... First of all, the user experience. I mean, with those remote capabilities of managing and changing subscriptions, what in fact happened is that fully digital process was introduced. And actually, this is why it didn't stay in the automotive area. This is why it also was actually relatively quickly brought also into the consumer space. There are easy ready phones already commercially available since 2018. And just to give you one example, right, Christmas uh, is, is there every year, right? Many people always get new smartphones, uh, new smartwatches. Kids are 
uh, getting them as a present. And uh, imagine how cool it is to already, on the same day, in a few minutes, just download your uh, subscription and play and use your new present already instead of waiting a couple of days until the, the next shop opens, until you have signed your contract. This uh, simplified, flexible, fully digitalized supply chain is the biggest advantage, I would say. On top of that, and I have mentioned them already in the automotive space, we have some physical benefits. We have the form factor, which is more ruggedized, which may even cope with higher temperature ranges and so on. But also in terms of size, it's important. We have modern design smartphones, we have smart watches uh, where every square millimeter of the PCB is really precious. So we have some physical benefits there as well. And also not to forget about, and which is becoming more and more important, we have also some advantages with regards to uh, sustainability. So in the past, when you changed your network operator, you always had to buy a new SIM card, which involved plastic, other materials, some logistics. With eSIM, uh, you can do that in a, in a more eco-friendly way and also save CO2. Yeah, that's a very good point. And coming back to another point that you mentioned, you know, it's it was only a matter of time before mainstream adoption was realised. And, you know, I think now that time has come with the announcement from Apple that its iPhone 14 range will be available in the US as eSIM only. So what does Apple's announcement mean for the technology? Yeah, we are all very happy, actually, that this happened. And I mean, of course, a lot of steps had to be done uh, before this was possible, right? The whole infrastructure had to be set up and, and also, of course, the ecosystem had to be uh, proven and stable. This was all achieved in the past. And now with this decision, I'm not sure if it's still the most valuable company in the world, but at least one of the most ones, but wants to solely really rely on eSIM for one of its flagship products is really, I guess, one of the strongest possible endorsements for the technology itself, right? And we are quite convinced that this is going to, first of all, give eSIM adoption a further push, assuming. Uh, Apple's market-leading position, we can now expect also other OEMs to follow. But we also think that uh, it's not just uh, that the adoption rate will further increase, but it's also that the more you use the technology, the more use cases come up and the more new requirements will come up. So this is for sure also the driving further evolution of the technology. And speaking of the evolution of the technology, how are enterprises and, and organizations leveraging the technology outside of the smartphone market? Yeah, if you're now talking about other markets, also there in the IoT space, eSIM is being adopted. There are now new sets of specifications being developed by the GSMA, particularly to address the IoT, in particular their network constraint devices, but also user interface constraint devices. So we expect that this technology is going to be adopted there very, very soon. And we also have there the requirement of onboarding billions of devices in a very efficient way, right? Also, the number of connected devices is going to increase rapidly. And if you then imagine to do that with a manual SIM card or something, that's really a hurdle for the adoption in, in those markets. And eSIM can actually bring a lot of benefits there with the same advantages it has with remote provisioning, with remote management and with all those benefits. It has. I mean, these emerging use cases are presenting new interoperability challenges that need to be addressed if the potential of the IoT is to be fully realized. So what would you say are some of the biggest challenges surrounding the technology at the moment? Yeah, I mean, interoperability is uh, something that you mentioned already, right? 
of course, uh, what we discovered, especially in the beginning, is that with all those new specifications, it always uh, leads to different interpretations of the same sentence in the implementation. So yes, interoperability is an issue, but it's, uh, it's on a good way. On the other hand, we see now that with the adoption increasing, that also all players, tier two, tier three network operators, uh, think about this more intensively, and they may not have number of resources to test and to to prove the technology before they, they bring it into. And therefore, I think it is important to also spend some more effort on this and TCA is actually investigating how to improve this interoperability testing in the future, in particular for those uh, smaller players. That's one challenge. Another challenge still is, uh, I think, which is for every player in the ecosystem, something that we still could improve is on the education. So still, I guess, uh, a lot of consumers are not really aware of uh, what an ESIM is and how it works and what the benefits are. There is also some part to be done there as well. And that sort of, your points there lead me nicely on to my next question, which is, as the ESIM ecosystem grows, how can we look to solve some of these challenges? I mean, you've mentioned testing is how important is, is testing and what, what else can we as consumers and, you know, the organizations do to solve some of these challenges? Yeah, so, well, as mentioned, uh, the TCA mission, since its inception, always was to support interoperability. And, and of course, we are also helping our members uh, with regards to their education, so providing material for our members in order. Also, this interview hopefully helps <laughs> the people out there, right? So, yes, we are thinking that there is uh, still some room for improvement with regards to the testing that I mentioned. Looking intensively into this, we aim at establishing some sort of new testing services that can also be done on demand, online more or less, right, instantaneously to uh, speed up time to market and to improve. So then we hope to make some announcement. Fantastic. And how well do eSIMs stack up on the security front? You know, do they usher in any new risks that we need to be aware of? This is, you know, <laughs> this is the key question that came up already at the very beginning. So what is about the security? And you could imagine that without having solved that, uh, no MNO and no actually support this. This was extensively discussed and it was already taken into consideration. So I would say that the whole architecture is actually built with security by design principles uh, taking into account. And on top of that, it needs to be said that the GSMA also has established ESIM security assurance scheme. So it's really a high security certification that has been introduced, making sure that the components involved in this architecture that are dealing with, as I said, uh, sensitive key material, this is really a, a big value involved in the whole system, that this is uh, well protected. So there are official and formal certifications of both the eSIM itself, right, the hardware, software, and, and everything, but also of the production servers that are creating the profiles, that are encrypting the profiles and sending them down to the devices. So, And that means that it, it is guaranteed, I would say, that their utmost high level of security is, is there, and it is even formally proven by accredited uh, security. And just to give you an example, the, the level at which an ESIM is certified uh, is equivalent and comparable to the one that is actually used for national ID. Okay, fantastic. So what do you think an eSIM future looks like for organizations and consumers then? How do you see the technology evolving? 
Yeah, well, I see that for both the organizations and the consumers, ESIM is offering. I, I mean, for organizations and enterprises that also give uh, put, uh, connected devices to their staff, right? It also allows them to manage their fleet of devices in an efficient way. They do not have to handle physical SIM cards any longer. They just, if they decide to change an MNO, they don't have to give out new SIM cards. They just roll out an eSIM campaign and update their, their devices. And this is something which is going to push the system even further and adoption in both the enterprises, organizations. And sooner or later, it will, of course, also end up. Maybe I have another use case example. I mean, traveling. Well, if you travel to another country and you've arrive at the airport and your home network operator does not have a very good uh, roaming agreement in this country, I mean, imagine you could go there, scan a barcode, download your new profile, and you're ready to go. don't have to go to a shop, buy a new SIM card and things like that uh, for the stay uh, abroad. Yeah, that certainly sounds, you know, fantastic. The future is bright for ESM. I'm quite convinced <laughs> about this. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So before we wrap up then, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss? Any other points that you feel we need to cover around eSIM? Well, not really. I mean, the discussion was quite comprehensive already. I, I just would like to reiterate maybe that the eSIM is really key. The SIM ecosystem is actually transforming and evolving very rapidly, and it's taking place now. So allow me a little advertisement for the TCA. So it's actually really now the time to look into this, to become part of that journey and that transformation. And of course, if you would like to learn more about the TCA, you need to check out our website and get in touch with us. We are always happy to explain and, and also, of course, uh, to welcome new members, right? Of course. Excellent. A very bright future indeed. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Klaus. It was, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Electronic Specifier.